0: Thank you for joining us. I'm Paul Wilson. And I'm Chris Semke. and I'm Alex Hugg. And this is Diesel Performance Podcast, guys. You may have noticed we got a new voice on the podcast here. Alex, how the hell are you? I'm doing good. And yourself, Paul? I'm doing good.
1: You know, we we should introduce him and get his past on Diesel Performance.
0: I like I like yeah. this. Yes, Alex, tell us a little bit about your history with Diesel Performance.
2: Uh, it's pretty. I'm pretty new in the Diesel Performance world. Uh, I've been at Calibrated for almost a year now. Uh, Didn't really have any prior background knowledge uh, in regards to performance diesels. Did spend a lot of time, though, in the organic agriculture side, and that very much working with tractors, a lot of other um, finite implements, things like that, and how all of it comes together is really where that background stems from.
0: Absolutely. So Alex came on over to the customer service team here at Calibrated Power Duramax Tuner, like you said, about a year ago. Uh, I got to be privileged enough to be in on some of the interviews. And we right away thought, Alex, hey, here's a really positive, upbeat guy who knew a lot about ag and kind of tractors in general in the farming community. Uh, And now that you've immersed yourself in a year of helping people with uh, troubleshooting and fixing problems and handling warranty claims and things like that, uh, we thought alex would be a great addition to our team here on diesel performance podcast so i think uh, our listeners really responded well to the ride along you two did in that uh ram how'd that how'd that ride along go
1: cooler than this room right now yeah it was,
2: it, <laughs> honestly it was a lot of fun yeah. um these newer trucks man it's it's night and day versus 10 15 years ago yeah
0: yeah hard hard to argue that i think that's a that's a really good point there is that they are like a a a totally different world of vehicles uh, compared to the older ones. Uh, But today, we are here to talk about getting 30 miles to the gallon in your full-size three-quarter ton or one ton diesel pickup truck. But first, I (laughs) want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, XDP, Exergy Performance, WC Fab, and of course, Calibrated Power, home of DuramaxTuner.com. You can support us by supporting them. Visit their websites, their social medias, let them know Diesel Performance Podcast sent you. Chris, for today, I want to dive in. I want to talk about this 30 miles to the gallon. Have you ever been asked by a potential customer or a tuning customer uh, if they could get 30 miles to the gallon?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we did it in that video a couple of weeks ago, you know, in the 22 Ram. Yeah. It's totally doable.
2: Yeah, it was a lot um, of fun. I'm I'm joking. <laughs>
1: Uh, Yeah, Paul, we we get those questions quite frequently. Uh, It's usually I read on the forums, or um, I have a buddy, or my my friend's dad's truck gets, you know, 30 miles to the gallon. Um, My favorite questions, not going to
0: lie. Alex, how about you? You're a little bit newer to the industry, a little bit green. Do you remember the first time somebody asked you about getting a ridiculous MPG number?
2: Yeah, and it was actually on the two point eight liter Duramaxes. Uh, guy down in Texas and getting 30-31 um, in regards to sixty miles, seventy miles highway driving in uh, like an economy tune. Okay, that's, I mean
0: that's more that's more reasonable. I was gonna say at least that's in the ballpark of yeah. possible. Uh, whereas in, I feel like 30 miles to the gallon. I had a guy one time call me with an LB seven and he's like, man, I swear to God, I'm getting 30 miles to the gallon already. What, what will your tune do for me now? Yeah. And I'm like, hold on, you're getting 30 miles to the gallon in an LB seven and you want more. Like, do you talk to anybody about who hat, who else is getting 30 miles? He's Like, oh yeah, all my friends are idiots. They don't know how to drive. They're all getting high teens, low twenties with a tune on it. It's like, but my truck's special, I'm getting 30. And I'm like, man, we are about to break somebody's heart. So, yeah, yeah.
1: No, I, I mean, there's been times where I really would prefer not to marry myself to that individual and sell that person anything because the outcome isn't going to be what they expect, right? Yeah. Um, you know, there's this, this this common thing where we talk about here at the shop uh, in regards to physics, physics is what I was going to say. Um, You know, the truck itself weighs so much, you know, and it's not the most aerodynamic thing in the world, right? So, you know, you have targeted RPMs that the engine's going to operate at to be efficient. At the same time, you're going to have vehicle speed that's going to eventually work against you. Right. You know, based off of the aerodynamics of the truck itself. So when you get these guys, you know, oh, I want, you know, I'm getting 20, I'm getting 22. Like my thought process automatically is, okay, well, these guys are driving, 60, 65 mile an hour down the highway, and that's like that happy medium I've always seen. Once you go north of 70, 75, mileage is going to drop. doesn't matter what tune you have. doesn't matter what's been done to the truck because of the truck itself is just a brick going through the wind.
0: Yeah, so. that's a really good point. I mean, really kind of thinking about that, too, where that drop-off comes in. That 65 miles an hour, that's so hold, hard to hold yourself to. It really is. Being out on the highways, we're up here in northern Illinois, uh, we find, you know, hey, 70 is pretty much the slow lane. Yeah. Uh, and the closer you get to Chicago, uh, as long as there's still open traffic yeah. lanes, uh, people doing 85, 90, yeah, we, pretty normal.
1: I I mean, my, I go back to my, my TDIs, right? Love my Volkswagens. And those cars, if I can average 60, 65 in that, it's the best mileage. right? Me and my girlfriend, we went on a trip a couple hours north into Wisconsin. And, I mean, to keep up with the flow of traffic, I was doing 85. You know, and like, no, the car did not get the best mileage, and I was upset about it. I'm like, I just, I want the average on the calculator to show 45. That's all I want. You know, and it wasn't even close. But you know, it's just it's one of those things where it's you have to think about the vehicle speed, you have to think about the load on the motor, and that load on that motor is going to be based on the aerodynamics of the truck or the vehicle that you're driving as it's going into the
2: you know the air going through the wind, that kind of thing. Absolutely,
0: Alex. uh, What have you learned that are some good tips for somebody who wants to get better? fuel mileage in their truck
2: first things first you know biggest recommendation is always have some kind of tuning in it Uh, i think that's going to be where you're one going to get the most gains out of the truck but two with your driving style that's also what's going to tie it in together to get that number that you're looking for
0: that's a good one chris uh
2: why does tuning
0: get better fuel mileage
1: oh so um You have, you know, you have your factory power output, right? So, for a base thing, we'll talk new L5P Duramax, right? Sure. 445 horsepower, they baseline about 400 horsepower. So, we know that those engines make 400 horsepower, but we also know that if the truck is under 1700 RPM, the truck is a little bit more on the lethargic side. It's not really powerful. Then right around that 1650 to 1850 range, the the truck really is in its own. It comes to life. After 1,900, 2,000 RPMs, the truck kind of falls off. It's a little bit more laborsome to operate. That factory power output, right? Well, as we go and we offer a calibration, what we're going to be able to do is we're going to be able to widen that operating range. So even though we are increasing the power output or the engine's efficiency, right, peak power we're going to be able to broaden that operating range so i always kind of use the analogy it's kind of like an umbrella okay factory power level is a closed umbrella it has a sharp up and a sharp downfall it has a very small window up top where it's going to be at its peak tuning is basically opening up that umbrella you're giving it a wider operating range so a wider surface area for that engine to come into power and to maintain its power band therefore the engine's not going to have to work as hard given that rpm given that workload getting up to vehicle speed or to maintain vehicle speed to be able to be more effective and efficient so you have a lot of guys where i'm not looking for power i'm looking for efficiency i'm looking for mileage well as you increase the power output in a reliable efficient manner the engine is going to be able to work less aggressively under its workload to get the person what they're looking for in the end
0: i always thought about the simplest concept there like if you could shift up a gear and use less throttle, yep. you'll get better fuel mileage. Yep. And the more often you can do that, the better your fuel mileage yep. will be. So, for guys who are driving around like 55, like two-lane highways, or driving in town a lot, you yep. know, 35, 45 miles an hour, it's like, well, man, if you could be a gear higher in all of those operations, yep. that's going to slash your yep. MPGs.
1: And I think what you have with all the newer trucks, all the torque management, all the power and stuff like that, especially with the emissions and, you know, the minute window that they have to work within, with what we have the capabilities of in the aftermarket and what we know with ECU calibration and stuff like that, you know, Paul, the the, the comment that you made about, you know, um, gear up, throttle back, like, you know, we use that term in the agricultural space a yeah. lot. In in the diesel space, you know, most of these times when guys are already driving on the highway, they're already in sixth gear converter lock, 10th gear converter lock. Yeah. That already exists. If
0: you're there, you're there. You're there. So right?
1: now the only value that you really have is, is can you broaden that torque curve in that area to where the truck. You know, can work a little less aggressively, or it's not going to have to downshift to get up to you know passing speed to pass someone. It's able to work more efficiently in that given gear.
0: I like it. Yeah. Now, Alex, you had said tuning number one. If, if you want big gains in fuel mileage, if you want the best bang for your buck. Tuning is the first place to start. Of course, we would all recommend custom tuning. Yeah. Um, now, one of the other things that I think is super basic that's so easy to forget about. Yet, you know, I see it on the news almost every year when when gas prices spike in the summer. Air pressure. Yeah. Uh- When I think of trucks, I don't always just think of air pressure. because Most of the truck owners I know are pretty good about making sure they have air in the tires. They're usually not rolling around 10, 15 PSI low. However, most of the truck owners I know also put dumbass rims and tires on their truck. Oh, easy. I I didn't show which ones. We all think that there are some dumb rims and tires out there. That's just a fact. They're all nice. Um, You're such a liar. (laughs) Uh, so, So we all know that they're out there. Now, the ones that get really bad mileage let's talk about that what are the worst tires rim and tire combos for your truck fuel mileage
1: so one of the things that i always had in the back of my mind my early years here even was tall tires right lifted trucks big tires oh, i run 35s oh, i run 37s 40s so on and so forth um Anybody who's listened to the podcast and and knows my likes, I like lower trucks, reverse level trucks with like a street tire and a street tire generally comes with a wider wheel. Right. right? So I am not necessarily increasing the height of the tire, but I like the wider stanced out look. You're going to lose mileage. With the wider stanced outlook as well, because of the rotating mass and the more surface area hitting the ground, there's more drag. Is it going to be to the same extent as a guy with 35 or a 37? Probably not. But you know, I've I've experienced firsthand, like with my older 15 ram, a stock wheel with a 34 inch tall tire was always getting better mileage than my 22 12 wide with a 33 inch tire. Yeah. Because it was less rotating mass, it was also less surface area touching the ground. So um, you know, we see a lot of that stuff. The bigger aftermarket wheels, they're going to be heavier. The bigger tires, they're going to be heavier. There's more rotating mass. There's also a taller tire to have to rotate. That's usually where you're going to see your drop.
0: Yeah, so more rotating mass. You're going to need more fuel to create more power to get the same results. You're kind of working against everything we were talking about getting out of a tune. Uh, Alex, can you think of anything else that larger tires could impact somebody? Maybe something in the customer service world that you would get people to call up and uh, have to deal with their tire size on a regular basis?
2: Uh, Your speedometer is going to be the biggest one on that, Uh, especially if you're running, you know, 37s, for example. You get a custom tuning in there. You didn't tell your tuner that that's what you had on the truck, and now you're eight nine miles over and you think you're doing 60
1: and that screws up your odometer as well so the speedo and odometer read hand in hand and now that's going to have a direct effect on your average calculator so a lot of the guys that call in and alex correct me if i'm wrong but a lot of times when guys call in complaining about their mileage they've never hand calculated it It's just what the dash shows that's right um so whether the truck is tuned and we need to do a change or a customer that is inquiring about tuning and they're looking at our services And they are complaining about mileage, the tire size, and what they currently have configured on their truck. And is their Speedo correct are all things that I back into before doing anything.
0: I'm right there with you. Because,
1: Paul, I mean, you were on the phones back in the day. Like, you know what it's like. I've had guys where bone stock trucks with bigger tires, Speedos are off, mileage is X. Now we tune it. Now we correct the Speedo. Mileage technically either stays the same or drops, but it's an accurate reading. And they're like, oh, well, what the hell? Well, you're not comparing a concrete to concrete situation here, right? Like your, your truck prior was not giving you the appropriate reading. You're just reading off what the dash showed calibrated inappropriately or incorrectly. And now it is correct. And now you have something actual that you can see, but because that number isn't inflated, you're no longer satisfied.
0: The baseline's off. Yeah. Right. And that, that, that's the one that really, I'll be honest, that's the one that even today, if I'm like out at a car show or at at UCC or whatever, and I'm talking to guys and I'm like, but if your baseline is off, Everything, Everything else we're up. talking about is off. It's irrelevant. Like, you understand that. Yeah. Yes. Like, we have to throw it all away yeah. uh, and start fresh. But, yeah, that Speedo being off, man, that's an easy one to trap somebody because you could only be off by two miles per hour no, at 60. will hurt you. Yeah. But if you constantly are driving at 60, that's yeah. that, that's two miles every hour you drove mm-hmm. the truck that your speedometer's off. Like, it adds up, right? Now, one of the
1: things that I think of, you know, because you mentioned airflow, pressure, you know, those types of yeah. things. The tires are kind of like your your fuel mileage dummy one hundred and one. You know, you know, not saying anyone's dumb, but you get what I'm saying, right? That's your easiest avenue to go down to see if it's you have chapter an issue. one in MPG for
0: dummies, for sure. But
1: I would say the next thing you kind of look at is your induction system. You know, we're talking the turbocharger system, and and that starts from a clean air filter all the way through the charge air system and ensuring that you have no boost leaks.
0: Chris, the air filter stock, yeah. I'm good. Yeah, I dude, don't have to. I don't have to worry about my Paul, filter. Your, your
1: truck is also a 2002, so <laughs> you know now we're talking a 22 year old truck. So
0: this is we've dealt with this one so many times yeah. where where we go to start diving into the intake track, we're like, oh well, when's the last time you changed the air filter? And they're like, you could just hear the yeah. panic of of guilt. Or like,
1: or the better part is is sir, when was the last time you boost leak down checked the truck? Oh, it makes 30 pounds of boost. We're good. I hear the turbo. It's yeah. great. like I want to. Go through the phone and strangle you, you know. <laughs> but then again, you know, uh, boost leak down tests aren't something that is a norm like you got to think turbo technology has been in in gas and diesel for you know 20 30 years yeah and it's just now becoming a thing where you know we there were no turbo boost test kits available so us over at calibrated we had to make our own for customers because it didn't exist you could go to any tool store automotive store whatever and you can go buy wrenches you could buy lug nuts you could buy all these tools but there's no boost test kits right but you have a turbocharger system on the vehicle
0: i don't know how many trucks i've seen show up in our shop because the truck was at two three other mechanics at two three other dealerships and they couldn't figure out what was wrong of why this guy's rolling coal and 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 all the classics right it's like bad fuel mileage rolling coal yada 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 um and then as we dig into it we find out oh wait this truck just has a boost leak
1: had a customer two weeks ago uh lbz lb it was an older duramax i don't know if lb7 or lbz it was an lbz it was a variable and it was lbz truck so bought a turbocharger uh did some upgrades to the truck his factory turbo had failed um and there were some tall tale signs 003a under boost stuff like that and uh what warranted him to buy what warranted him to buy the turbocharger was he was like yeah you know the truck would only make 20 psi he's like all i'd get is 20 pounds of boost out of the truck you know it's really weird so, puts the turbo in the truck, doesn't do a boost check, does the order online, right? Whatever. Does the order, places it, gets it, puts it into the truck, calls in. I just so happen to be the one to answer the phone, get him on the phone, irate, super irritated, put your turbo on the truck, I'm having these issues, you know, uh, I don't know what to do, blah, blah, blah. So, we start going through the basics, the one-on-ones, if you will, right? Yeah. And um, fast forward a multiple phone calls and hours on the phone, he had his inner cooler blown out, and the bottom part of the cooler exiting, going into the engine. Okay. Yeah. The tank was wow. split. So, um, you know, I told him, like, I painted the picture for him. I'm like, this has probably been an issue for a while, and this is what caused your factory turbo to fail. Okay. All the 20 PSI of boost that you've read off your map sensor for so long was never 20 pounds of boost out of the turbocharger. The turbo was always spinning more than that, but you were escaping all that through the atmosphere, and that's why over time it started getting worse. So do not drive the truck. Don't do that to my turbocharger, please. Let's leave that alone. Let's get an intercooler swapped out. Swapped out the intercooler pressurize the charge air system because now we had the boost test kit we set him up with one and he calls just happy as can be i can't believe this isn't a thing i can't believe more people don't know about this
0: you know and
1: And granted that's not mileage but it it does have a direct effect on mileage when it comes to engine's power output
0: well well, it's funny because that's what i was just gonna say it's crazy how how sensitive a system that's so simple in concept can be like diesel's a pretty basic concept right alex like you're you're a smart guy but i mean like Figuring out that like we mix fuel and air and smash it together till it blows up, it's, like pretty close to caveman. Um, <laughs> but but the- <laughs> I Paul. smash air fuel. <laughs> like, but but at some point, like y- you're absolutely right, as you start to bleed off your expected boost. Your truck generally ends up overfueling. Like usually what happens is you run rich if you're from the gas world, right? So so your truck ends up you are using more and more fuel, you're getting less and less power. So you have to lean on it for more and more throttle to do the same job. So now you're requiring more RPM. That all all of that works against your fuel mileage. And now you
1: have more heat. Like it's just it's it's a domino effect of the engine's operation from A to Z and everything in between. You know? But I, I would say that from a mileage perspective. A lot of guys are going to understand the tire thing, but a lot of guys are not going to understand the air charge system thing. And that's that's one of the things that I think takes a little bit more education yeah. you know, in that aspect.
0: I and mean, I, our listeners will understand it because they're probably sick to fucking yeah, death of hearing, of hearing us talk, talk about, about say, about it, right? boost leaks. Yeah, us. You. us. You. Um, but, it, but it is one of those just very basic fundamentals. Uh, now, the thing I always tell guys, nobody's ever taken me up on it. I'm like, just lose the doors. Just less that's a, weight, that's a smart one. less weight, yeah. we'll get better fuel mileage. So well, take the bed off, take the doors you know, off. Once take your the windshield
1: there. and the rear window out so air can go through Air's the cab. Air can flow, flow yeah. through. Come on. Right. Like we're helping yeah. these basics. guys. basics. Basics. Um, and then the last major thing that I think about when it comes to fuel mileage is your fuel system, right? Like your your fuel system is equally going to play a role, right? A diesel engine is ran off of Air and fuel, like you said, and then you, you mash them together, right? Yeah. Um, so if I have a truck and it has a badass tuner in it, okay, it has a badass air filter, it has no boost leaks, but the truck still isn't running the way I would like it to and has stock tires, one of the last pieces of the puzzle that could be potentially going on is going to be the fuel system. Now, the fuel system can be really sticky, right? Because there's a lot of different components of the fuel system. So, what's like the 101? What's the first thing you think about when you're trying to diagnose a fuel system from an
0: efficiency perspective? I mean, I always test I always go with the cheapest test first. So, I check my balance rates. Okay. Um, God, if I'm getting bad fuel mileage and I think it's something to do with the fuel system, I'm praying it's something simple like a cracked fuel line. I mm-hmm. don't actually have to Drop the tank if I have an in-tank pump or right. deal with injectors, God forbid, because like pretty much any diesel, you touch injectors, we're talking about thousands, not yeah. hundreds to like get it repaired. Um, but one of the easiest indicators uh, is haze at idle.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: So that that's something that I always yeah. look for. That's going to... At least, like, it's not a great test, but it's a good indicator if you need to go look further into it.
1: I always start, you know, with like, you know, balance rates are a very simple, you know, uh, test, but just, you know, when was the last time the fuel filter was even replaced? You know, the what? The fuel filter?
0: No, no, no. I have an oil filter.
1: Right. You have a fuel filter, too, Paul.
0: Uh, it's crazy, right? I you don't think that. on my truck. Yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> um, you know, I always love getting more specific with that. Like, oh, yeah, I was running the truck. You know, we, we deal with hot shotters here, you know, all over a the lot, country. Yeah. Oh, you know, I was I was coming from out west and the truck was running real strong. And, you know, now we're in the heart of winter, by the way, with this story, right? I get into the Midwest and my mileage goes to shit. Well, yeah, it's because we have shit fuel here. <laughs> you know, it just, it is what it is. Um I always joke around, too, like uh, a couple years ago, we took my truck and we went down to uh, Miami, to yeah. Florida. And um, we're here, fill up, and the truck was like 18, 18 and a half, hand calculated. Get to Kentucky. Get to Kentucky, fill up. Kentucky to uh, the northern tip of Florida, south of you know Georgia, right in that area. 19 and a half. Ooh. Fill up again, right? And doing the same speed the whole time. Fill up again down in Georgia, from right over Florida, driving to Florida, 20 and a half, right? Well, every stop, it was getting warmer. And every stop, the fuel was just getting a little bit better, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I was like telling Becky, I was like, this is crazy. Now I'm driving South Florida, driving through Miami, 90 mile an hour, getting 19 and a half miles to the gallon. I was like, this is awesome. This is really good, right? Come home. 19 turned into 18, 18 <laughs> turned into 17, right? So, you know, fuel is going to play a role in, in the quality of the fuel. Outside air temperature is going to play a role. Yeah. Um, fuel filter is going to play a role. And then the age of the fuel system like, chances are your 250,000 mile truck that, you know, is 20 years old that's now starting to see, you know, bad fuel
0: mileage, it's probably injectors or a pump, you yeah, know? Like, it just is. Just, it just it's just unfortunate. Yeah. So, we've all been there. Alright man, I think this has been a good one. Alex, uh do you think a
2: three quarter ton four door short bed diesel pickup truck can get thirty miles to the gallon? Depends on the year, honestly. Um I think when you're gonna get into that, it's gonna be the year and it's gonna be your driving style.
1: So thirty miles per gallon is attainable? I think it can be. What do you okay. think, Chris? V P so, truck, VP truck. What's your extension? <laughs>
2: Twenty one fifty over here.
1: Okay, so anyone wants to know how to get thirty miles to the gallon, twenty one fifty, Alex is your guy. There you go. Um I don't think it I don't think a four door four wheel drive what, truck. What
0: about what about an LB seven manual coming down Pike's Peak?
1: Yeah, downhill.
0: <laughs> the best, but you're at high elevation, yeah. so like that that my, costs, my best, counts against you. The
1: best mileage I had ever seen in a pickup truck would have been my old second gen Dodge. It was a two wheel drive regular cab five speed manual. Nobody
0: cares about your comments.
1: That thing got 24 and a half. Hand calculated. Bullshit. Swear Lies. to God. Swear to God. I had to pay for fuel, and I didn't have much money then. Your speedo so was, I was off. No, it wasn't. It
0: wasn't. You're, nope. You're stretching the story. Lies a uh, lie detector before the came
1: drugs up. oh it's bullshit <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's probably the best i've ever seen i mean i've in like the 15 ram you know i did a trip to michigan and hand calculated i got 22.2 i want to say i've
0: seen like 24 to 26 no bullshit hand calculated rare occasions mostly in your kia down. yeah in your fucking <laughs> kia
1: like what are we talking about I mean, realistically, uh, no, 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 no. I think
0: I think Nick put together an article on the LML getting 24. I believe that. Um, and I want to say I've I've had somebody that I felt believable etching towards 26. Uh, maybe like you, you know, regular cab, drive, I mean, two wheel drive, made up numbers. Maybe um, a two wheel
1: drive, regular cab,
0: you manual.
1: I and mean, you know what? I'll even get. I'll throw an auto into the mix. I'll say an I auto mean, can do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Not maybe.
1: thirty. I don't see thirty.
0: Right? No, no. I, I. I think. I think it's too far of a stretch. And I think 99 percent of our listeners are not physically capable of driving their truck in a manner that's going to get them 26.
1: Wow, that's, I would never discredit any of our listeners.
0: Are, they're listening to diesel performance podcasts, not yeah. think and grow Rich. Like, why, like why they're, did you why did they're you get into in, performance? Why
1: does anybody get into diesel? It's like one of a few reasons, but like for a majority of the people I know, uh, you, can, you can go fast on a budget and get good mileage and toe. Jack of all trades. I
0: think it's fun to say things into a microphone. For today, this has been Paul Wilson. And this is Chris Hemke. And this is Alex Hogue. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Uh, This has been Paul Wilson. And Chris Hemke. Make sure to like and subscribe, and we'll talk to you again soon.
1: Thank you for joining us. No, (laughs) just kidding. And now a moment from our sponsors.